Hey everyone, welcome to the Americana Station podcast. I am your co-host, Will Payne Harrison. Uh, today on this podcast episode, we have Corby Lanker, who just recently played Americana Fest. Um, India, Ramey also played um, at the basement. Uh, I got to see that set and I took some photos. That was super cool. Um, but uh, yeah, Corby has a new record out uh, that we're going to talk about, but he's also been uh, doing some writing and acting and all sorts of really cool things uh, here recently that we're going to be uh, touching on as well. It was a fun episode to, to speak to Corby. Um, and uh, yeah. So I can finally announce this. Uh, there's going to be a Nancy Griffith tribute that I'll be playing Um October 18th at City Winery at the main stage. Uh, tickets are 25 in advance, 30 at the door. Uh, tickets went on sale today, so go check that out. It's so many amazing artists, uh, and it's benefiting Music Health Alliance, which, let me tell you, Music Health Alliance has has really helped me during this pandemic, and I'm so glad to be a part of something so amazing. Uh, shout out to Ella Burnside, who uh, asked me to be on it, and uh, Jess Chicoy for uh, suggesting me. But there's so many other artists, Betsy Phillips, uh, Natalie Schlabs, um, we got uh, Nora Jane Struthers, Amy Spies, uh, Bia Troxel, uh, just so many really cool people that are on. I mean, there's the list goes on and on. Um, Peter Cooper, um, Pat Alger. Um, so be sure to check it out. It's going to be up on the uh, City Winery page, um, and I'm going to be a part of it. I'm super excited. And uh, in other news, uh, I just tracked harmonica on my record, and uh, thanks Von Larson for doing that harmonica. Um, still trucking along. We'll get this out and it'll be out in 2022, but, uh, towards the end of the year, uh, you can kind of look for some teasers and different stuff like that. We'll be, uh, starting to, to push uh, a lot more stuff at the end of the year. I'm super excited about that. Um, and without further ado, I'm going to hop into this episode, uh, with Corby Lanker. Stay tuned. We've got Todd Tillman and, uh, Emily Smith is taking the month of November. Uh, bless her so much. Uh, sh she was with uh, BTR and um, uh, uh, offered to take a little off my plate uh, now that I'm in the midst of, uh, you know, recording and mixing and mastering. Uh, it's just been, it's been a lot to do the, the podcast on top of all of that. I, I love doing this and I love interviewing everybody. Um, and next year we're going to come back strong. Uh, me and India, we're going to, we're going to come and we're going to hit it and it's going to be super awesome. But um, Emily is uh, going to be doing uh episodes with, uh, Mercy Bell and, um, Ben Stalitz. So that's super exciting. Uh, Charles Wesley Goslin, uh, Godwin, sorry, Charles Wesley Godwin is going to be on the, um, podcast as well. And, uh, I think we might have one or two more before the end of the year, and then we'll take a little break. And then next year it's going to be super killer. Um, so thanks so much for supporting. I really appreciate it. Uh, lots of cool stuff coming up. But uh, right now, uh, we're going to talk to Corby Lenker about his new record, which is super awesome. Um, and make sure you check it out. Here we go.
Hey everyone, welcome to the Americana Station podcast. Uh, today on the podcast we have Corby Linker. He has a new record out, uh, Man in the Maroon, and it uh, just came out on May 21st via Grind Ethos Records. Uh, this is your eighth studio album. It is. That's amazing. Uh, how long have you been on Grind Ethos? Is this... This is the first project we've done together. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so you've been kind of doing it more uh, on your own previously? Um, no. Well, I, it really is depends on which album you're talking about. I've had um, labels that I've worked with in the past and other projects. Um, the last record before this, I had a label for that record, um, Soundly, that's based here in Nashville. And after that, you know, before that's like five years ago, what did I do? I think I self-released the one before. Anyway, it's been, you know, as life is a long journey of, yeah. of friends who come and go depending on circumstances. Yeah. So you've been in, uh, East Nashville or Nashville for about 15 years. Is that about every two years you've been putting out a record? Yeah. I, there was a, I think that there was a little bit of a gap, um, between the last two because I've been working on other projects. Um, the record that came out before Man in the Maroon is called Thousand Springs, and I recorded it in my home state of Idaho. Uh, and then in the wake of that release, I got really interested in um, acting and uh, film production, so I wrote this TV show that I've been developing, and that's still happening. But uh, <clears throat> then the pandemic happened, and so that kind of put the kibosh on a lot of film production. And so I took the that time to make another record. So that was kind of a surprise effort in the wake of having a lot of free time at home. Yeah. Did you find yourself writing like a lot of songs during the... I, I mean, I wrote, I wrote several songs, and uh, but more I found myself ex- doing a lot of experimenting sonically. Um, because I produce and you know have some wheels on logic and have some opinions about production and because I was working on other things I hadn't really gone on the deep dive you know that you kind of need to to really flesh some of that stuff out so a lot of last year was um yeah spending you know like you do hours a day in the studio and trying stuff yeah, yeah, seeing what sticks to the wall. Yeah. And it's funny how, like, you, uh, that right before you came in, I was like, sorry, I've been in the studio. It's, like, such a weird headspace to, to switch to, like, normal life from... <laughs> For sure. ...that, like, creative process and, and, like, so, like, micromanaging every single aspect of production. Well, it's an internal world, you know, in a way. And I've been listening to other podcasts and uh, there was this analogy, it was a writing analogy, but I thought it was really apt, which is that the the normal world is, is a continent, you know, where everybody kind of has to speak the same language and agree to a certain set of rules, like showing up on time, agreeing to the set time. That's the world that you have to kind of participate in. You pay your rent, get along with your wife, all of the normal mundane activities of human life. But the, the creative world is really an island and it's that place that you go to where, you know, an island time is different and in an island, all the rules kind of fall away and sort of anything is possible. And the success of like a creative life across time is just mitigating those, 
uh, those two identities or those two existences, you know, which really are parallel, I think. I, I don't know. I spend a lot of time in the, on the, in the island life and, uh, I have a wife and, um, have, am still learning, let's say how to balance that. Cause I could go for hours and hours. I could go days. I could go days without talking to anybody, honestly. And I have in, in uh, other times of my life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can totally just like not even realize, like you wake up at like 10 in the morning and then it's like two in the morning the next day and you're like, Oh yeah, I should eat. <laughs> yeah. Been there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, but it does, it's, it says here, uh, on your bio that, uh, Skylar Wilson also helped uh, produce this one. So you weren't alone on. I did. LP. Yeah, he did. He actually, I kind of, you know, was like one of those, um, lifeline situations where I spent probably four months on the record at my house. Um, and originally I had conceived of it as sort of being a, a, a glamorized work tape album and you could say just like really simple guitar vocal treatments of things or yeah banjo vocal or piano vocal um and i have had experience a lot of experience in the past doing things with really restricted palettes and a lot of air and i like that kind of music a lot so i thought well that would be good and manageable and really highlight the songs and the craft of the songwriting which is important to me and um as i got into it there was a couple of songs that just they didn't really work as guitar vocals or, and so I'm like, well, maybe I'll add a little this and then maybe I'll add a little. And then pretty soon on some of the songs, I was, you know, 20 tracks deep and just <laughs> went the complete opposite direction of what I had intended. And it got to a place where I was just like, I don't even, I was in the weeds too deep. Um, and I kind of, I was like a little sick of myself and all of the, all of the choices, all of the creative choices on the album were exactly the kind of creative choice I would make because I'm me. And it was just like so boring in a way. And, um, I just needed another perspective and I met Skylar through a, a mutual friend and he comes out of a different world, slightly more rock world. And he's a great keyboard player, um, out of Memphis. It's where I grew up and, so he was, he was really instrumental in helping me put to, you know, kind of rethink some of the ideas. And he was also like a great combination of, um, letting me sort of be me and not, uh, like I, sometimes I had to push him a little harder to just like push back <laughs> so I wouldn't get all my, get my way all the time. But really what he was critical in is, um, putting a band together for, uh, a, a tracking day in the studio. So we like, and that's really what brought the songs together and, um, was just live tracking, you know, the songs that really needed it. And so it has some of those tracks have a really wonderfully organic feel. And then some of the other tracks are a lot closer to what I had originally intended, which were, you know, simpler treatments of just highlighting songs. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's one tune on there. Now I once thought, that I was strong. That's kind of like a Mississippi John Hurt sort of gospel tinged song. Yeah. Um, was that the way that it was initially intended or to just kind of like morph into that sort of thing? Um, that song is pretty guitar forward with, uh, yeah. the John Hurt style. Um, that's, I, a lot of what I do, at least in finger picking comes out of that. 
um, I was really an early adopter or <laughs> let's see early on in my, um, my formative years, I really gravitated towards his way of playing guitar. And, um, so that's really basic to the way I approach music. Do you think that has anything to do with your Memphis uh, background or his, that's his Memphis background. Um, <clears throat> uh, I mean, what's happening in that song is it's, there's, you can hear a lot of the guitar and the way I play it, but it's, it's a full band that's raging. So there's, um, it has a kind of still swampy feel. And it's yeah. just not acoustic. You know, I played that song for more than a few years live, um, solo. And, you know, it works that way. But it's just really fun to hear it really filled out with with some great musicians and leaning leaning back on the beat, you know. Yeah. Um, and you, uh, there's also a song called Billy Louise. So is that named after your daughter? No, I don't have a daughter. Um, I must have misread that. I apologize. That's fine. It's a do- daughter of close friends. Sorry about that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I wrote that song for, uh, yeah, like it said, and I guess you're reading the Yeah, I'm, the I'm going through the release. bio. <laughs> um, yeah, some friends had a, had, a, had a kid with some pretty significant challenges out of the gate, and she spent the first nine months of her life in the intensive care at the children's hospital. So for a while there, I was visiting on the weekly basis before COVID hit and, uh, me and her dad were, would just jam on like seventies folk rock tunes and just horse around entertaining her. And, um, somewhere in there, I wrote this little instrumental song on, on a banjo that it's her namesake. So that's where that title comes from. Nice. Are you like, do you play like bluegrass Scruggs style or more folky? No, I don't like, oh, well, don't like, I like the Scruggs, the Scruggs style for banjo for bluegrass picking, but I've always been really fond of Clawhammer style playing. And, um, that was one thing I, that's sort of a new deal for me. I, something I've always been interested in, but the approach is so different than any other instrument, you know, the way that yeah, you can, it's just basic, fundamentally different. And, um, so it was, I didn't learn how to do it until maybe three years ago. I'm still learning how to do it, but, uh, yeah, I like, uh, you know, when I was like 20 or so, I got really excited about Doc Watson and Clarence Ashley and Norman Blake. And, and then from them, like the bluegrass guys, Tony Rice and Sam Bush and Tim O'Brien, all those people. And, um, but really the Doc Watson was kind of what did it for me. I I'm, I'm such a doc acolyte because he's, you know, he has, there's this folk side of what he does and it all comes from a, you know, very strong roots tradition. Right. And Doc wasn't really like a songwriter, but, um, he was a master musician and was a multi-instrumentalist. And I just appreciated his, you know, sincere respect for the tradition and have aspired to, you know, some semblance of that. I, you know, that said, I'm not from North Carolina. I grew up in Mormon country, Idaho. So I'll, I definitely, this is something I've like made peace with only in the last five years. It's just that, I will always approach music kind of as an outsider just because it's not something that it was something that I got excited about. It was like, maybe you could say it's like a form of rebellion in a way for, for me because of I, 
it just was unlike anything that I grew up with. And so I, it seemed like something I could find out and make my own. And I think that that's continued to this day. I definitely have like my own spin on a, on sort of a roots approach to music, which is totally reflected throughout that, the, the new record. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Doc Watson is definitely an amazing, uh, <laughs> Inspiration to draw from, for sure. Yeah, I have a couple of Doc and Merle records uh, uh, over there. I love that, Merle too. Yeah, um, and you actually played uh, Merle Fest, is that right? Or you were a, fi- a finalist on songwriting contest? Yeah, I won one of those. Um, uh, actually, with that gospel song that now I once thought that I was strong, I wrote that a while ago and um, never really recorded it on a solo record until this one. So that's been. I'll do that, man. I'll have songs that I'll play live. I I have songs that I play live that I still have never recorded. Or I have recorded, and they just didn't hang with the other songs. And they just didn't quite fit. And um, All of that's very mysterious. I, I It's hard to speak to, because it's, um, you know. Do you write for, like, the record, usually? Or do you just write in general, and you find, you kind of, gather the songs that seem to be related. I think that it's more like that second way. Um, and it's, it's kind of like my creative approach to music is different than it was when I was in my twenties. Um, because in my twenties, all, all I was doing was music a hundred percent all the time. All I wanted to do was tour. And I, it was just like leaning hard against that. And then uh, it was really after I moved to Nashville, you know, Nashville sort of pushes you to figure out who you are that separates you, pushes you to try to understand what might make you different than other people because everybody's a better guitar player than you, or I'll just speak for me. Everybody's a better guitar player than me. Everybody can sing better than me. Everybody can write a song as good or better than mine. And there's so much great music and musicianship here. Um, and what I've learned or what, from my perspective, I guess is a better way to put it from being here for so long, that what's it really at a premium here and in, in really anywhere is um, originality. It's very, it's very, Nashville is very, um, because of maybe it's the collaborative element, which I really enjoy. Um, but collaboration always tends to kind of push the rough, rub the rough edges off of musicians. And I've always really loved musicians that had rough edges, you know, like Tom Waits and like even Neil Young. And, you know, that said, I'd like love James Taylor and there's nothing really very rough about him, but, um, but he was definitely unique character, you know, um, for his time. Absolutely. And so that's one thing that I got, you know, hip to, or felt like I needed to understand better and in so far as I was concerned with that, I, I learned other things that I do that, you know, so I, I'm a big book nerd and I've always been a big writer of prose and short stories. And I had done that all through my twenties sort of for fun or just, I don't know, just on, just, it was just something I just did. And, uh, I had about 60 of those stories put away and, um, 
you know, this is another subject, but a book got, I got published a book of short fiction in my mid thirties. And, um, that kind of shifted some things for me and made me kind of curious to explore that. And then, like I said earlier, I got, um, interested in, um, film and acting and I'm like very involved in that world now here in Nashville and, and find it exhilarating and it's come, you know, become part of my general approach to, to music and to living a creative life. So that was, you asked me, um, oh, so this is all in answering a question about writing for a record. Yeah. So it's like, um, you know, I was just always like writing the next record when I was in my twenties. And now I write a song when I feel like it, or it's like, I have lots of little things hanging together and then something will happen and I'll, I'll write a song all the way. I'll finish a song. And I, I tend to, um, if I still co-write pretty regularly, like, I mean, once or twice a month at least just to keep doing it. And I, I like my songwriting friends. Um, but for a lot of times I'll just set aside a day and really kind of zero in on something, especially if I have an idea. Um, I mean, I just wrote a song that's maybe the best song I ever wrote. I don't know. Um, <laughs> just a not like a couple months ago. Um, it's just like, you don't, you know, it's all again, it's just like the creative process is so mysterious and it's, it seems like it's more about making room for it, you know? Yeah. And You're like pulling from the ether. Yeah. Yeah. Or like letting, or letting the ether push into you Yeah, is almost more how it is for me. It's like, um, Cause I, you know, as you get older too, there's just like 150 things going on all the time. Yeah. And there's always stuff that you could be doing that would have like a, you would be able to quantify the result or like, be like, okay, I should, I don't know, go to the grocery store and then I would have food in my pantry. I know that then if I went to the grocery store, I would have food in the pantry. So maybe I should go do that. But if you sit down and write a song, you really are rolling the dice. You might come up with shit. And a lot of times you do, um, and I don't know, part of my approach to my life and my kind of commitment to to exploring this world has just been really um, diligent about setting aside that time no matter what, you know, and whether I'm writing a song or um, working on a script or it's, it's like there's, that's my job. So it's not negotiable. You yeah. know, I know that I'm not checking the, my, I'm not on social media. I'm not. And there still might there might be two hours that I spend on something and it's didn't go well, you know, and I don't really have anything to show for it. And that's not, it doesn't feel good. <laughs> you feel like you wasted time, but I think in the larger picture, it's the only way to get stuff, you know, creative stuff done. You just kind of have to keep showing up every day. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree with that. And it's kind of like, uh, you know, you're, you're working down the marble to like, have that beautiful sculpture it it sometimes you chip for two hours and it still looks like shit you know it takes a while to get there yeah but like uncovering that uh sometimes it's just like quick and sometimes it's like man like i've wrestled with songs for years you know sure but believe it i believe it um you mentioned, you know, that you've been getting into to script writing and also uh, that you've you've done about uh, 60 uh, novels, uh, short stories, short yeah. stories. Um, I've been getting into photography and I've found something similar to what you're saying in that, like, it, it helps with songwriting because even like framing a picture and, and telling a story in that one second that you take that picture or millisecond. 
um, it, you really have to think about what you're doing to tell that story. And in a way, it like it kind of has helped me with with songwriting in the last couple of months of like being more s- simplistic mm. in the approach of of like I don't have to. You know, if you just have that one moment to tell the story, I don't have to overdo it, you know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, a lot of times, you know, like painting or or short story writing for sure is like as much what you leave out as what you put in, right? Yeah. Maybe that's what you're saying. Right, yeah. Um, I, yeah, I totally get that. I, I, I just find, like when you start talking about the nitty gritty of songwriting or, or almost, uh, almost any art form, it becomes very difficult to talk about it because I don't understand it. You know, I've been doing it my whole life, basically, and I still don't understand how I write songs. I don't understand how I write stories. I don't, I, I can, I can talk about the craft of it. I can talk about what happened after I did it, but like that actual moment of doing it is, uh, you know, I don't know what's going on there. It's really, mis- it's, you know, I've said this three times already, but it's just really mysterious. Um, and I, I would say too that I am terrified. I'm like terrified. As, I don't know if it's too strong a word. I'm very afraid of, of it almost every day. I have to like make myself show up and there's always this, like I get nervous, you know, I'm sitting in my room by myself and I'm about, I'm like finishing up my cup of coffee or finishing up whatever pre routine it is that I do before I like commit to write and I get like nervous about it and I'm like, maybe I could go do something else. Maybe I should mow the lawn. Maybe I should. And I have to kind of like, you know, turn that corner one more time in my head and like force myself to start. And once I start doing it, then it's really fun again or it's just really interesting or you're inside it. Yeah. Um, kind of like in the studio. It's that same. Yeah, sure. Once you get started. <laughs> yeah. It's once you're doing the work, it's really fun. But just all of that apprehension of what if it goes bad or you can very easily go into a place of like, what the fuck am I even doing? Like, I'm not even good at this. Who am I kidding? I'm not <laughs> like there's right. all of that stuff that, you know, people go through. Yeah. It is funny. I mean, and like I said, you won Merle Fest, <laughs> you've been in Kerrville, Rocky Mountain Folk Fest. I mean, you've won a lot of contests. So a lot of people would, would argue against <laughs> that. You don't know what you're doing. But yeah, I totally get it in that moment of, of like self-doubt because it doesn't always come, you know, it, it's, I mean, sometimes, I mean, I've gone months where I just write shit song after shit song, you know, sure. but sometimes you got to put in that work. Sure. To, I mean, definitely. you do like there's, I don't know if you ever heard of this book, um, Rainer Maria yes. Rilke that put letters to a young letters poet. to a young poet. Yeah. I love that book. It's such a great book for young people and old. And it's so encouraging, you know, he's yeah. like very good about that. He's like, you know, it doesn't, it might take a lifetime. It's like, doesn't art doesn't, ooh, it gives me shivers, man. Yeah. It's like that Island time again. It's like art doesn't adhere to conventional time. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't obey it. An instant is an eon and vice versa. And, you know, if you start like comparing your productivity, like, oh God, I get so fucking sick of that word productivity people are obsessed with you know being more efficient or life hacks or being productive and it's just like what what does that even it doesn't mean anything artistically obviously it'd be nice to just like consistently put out genius works of art yeah. but the reality is that's just not how it works you know um and you don't know until later because you put it out and you always think it's a genius work of art or not i don't know yeah <laughs> either it's um, 
I mean, it's I mean, like you had to believe in it enough to put, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars into it. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. I mean, at some point, yeah, I guess it's interesting. It'd be, you know, it's like it, in a way it's like impossible to see your work as you did when you were just starting out, when you really had no reason to believe that you could do it. And it's not like I have major reasons to believe that I could do it, but I have had, you know, a few things where I've been, I've been, I've been able to keep doing it through my life. You know, I've had, I've been able to be a professional creative person. So that's an amazing blessing. I'm very lucky. Um, And so that, that does help you be like, well, I did it before. I guess I can do it again. Um, I think that's too, like why I'm right now writing this screenplay um, for my wife uh, with my, with four my wife is a very talented person too, and um, also has a, just such an unusual story. And we got to talking about it a couple of weeks ago, and just decided that we're going to shoot a feature next spring, which is an enormous task. Yeah, and all, and then what comes with it immediately is like, well, actually. I don't have any track record for success in this particular field. There's no reason why I should, I, 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 there's no reason I have to believe that I can actually do this, write this thing. Meaning I know that we could make it, but the writing of it is, is daunting as fuck. And, but that's exactly why I want to do it yeah. because it's just like, I know how to write. I mean, I just said, I don't know how to write songs. It's true. I don't, but I guess I kind of do because I have. Right. And so I know that if I sit down to write a song, there's a pretty good chance that I'll at least finish it. It might not like set the world on fire, but I know that I can do that. But like, I've always been really interested in finding out what I can't do and seeing if I can. And sometimes I find out I can't. Yeah. So, but it's fun to try. It's very interesting to try. It's like, yeah, it's not boring. You know, I guess there's that. So. Anything in the like creative field, just like taking a chance, I guess in taking a chance outside of like the main thing that you're doing, like with photography, it's like if I fall flat on my face, it's not that bad because it's not my main source of income or the the main thing that I'm trying to do. But it's still like, there's so many similarities, even with like editing photos, it's similar to like editing, you know, uh, a record. Sure. And, um, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a unique and fun thing to, to learn and to like kind of grow your creative process in a new way for sure. Yeah. In true Will Payne Harrison fashion, I kind of screwed up the audio at this part. Um, So I'm just going to say visit CorbyLanker.com and uh, check out all the merch uh, and other information on his website. Here we go. Um, In developing this show that I wrote, um, I cast it and it was just so fun to like hear, see how differently different actors bring characters to life. Um, it's, it's a whole, it's, it's just a completely different element than words on a page, you know, and it's such an important part of filmmaking cause they're, it lives on the screen anyway. Um, wildly uncertain time for that, all of that, but that's the, like, you know, that's what I'm doing right now. And it's, it was nice to put this record out, um, in May. Cause that's what really what I was doing last, that was 2020s project. Yeah. You know, and 
the first half of 2021 was really promoting the record and that I don't really love doing all of, I mean, maybe nobody does, but actually some, some people I know really love it. Um, prom- I'm promoting. in the camp of not really loving it. Yeah. But, I, but I've made my peace with it a long time ago. Yeah. You have Because to. you have, if you want to be a professional, you've got to like, this world is so noisy. You've got to like shout, shout out there with them. Um, so, but it was really stressful and exhausting. And now that, I mean, it's not like this, the record's done or something like that, but it's not as, it's not the daily push that it was. So yeah. it's been so great to have time again to like think of the next project. And, um, you know, my life is different than it was when, uh, I was, you know, a little bit younger when I was like, I mean, I toured 150 days a year for like five years. So I just, all I did was tour and that's just, you know, I'm like, it's okay. I'm done with that. Like I'm a tour. I play have several shows coming up, but it's more like weekend stuff. And, um, I'm not like, uh, I just know what that, I'm glad I'm grateful that I did it cause I yeah. know what that life is. Um, and I'm okay with not doing it now because it's, there's so much more time I have to be creative. Like being on the road is apart from being exhausting. It's just, it's not creative. You're like, it's logistical, you know, you're just, yeah. Waking up, you're okay. How far is it to Chicago? Okay, it's a five hour drive today. Okay, what time is load in? Okay, get in, load in, eat dinner, sound check, play the show, sell merch, sleep in the hotel or wherever you're gonna sleep. Remember what? Okay, how far is it to Detroit? Yeah. Do that, you know, and like day after day after day after day, and it's like you only really have like an hour and a half or two hours where you're like enjoying. What, yeah, yeah, know? yeah, exactly. When you're actually on stage yeah. playing, um, which is, I mean, worth it. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's totally. why we or do we it. Wouldn't do it. Yeah. It's yeah. So, I mean, I have a song about that and, um, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it is worth it, but it, the price is high. And now, you know, I, you know, I'm in my forties now. And so it's just like my sense of time is different than it was when I was a bit younger. And I was like, I just, you know, when you're in your, when you're 23, you're old, you're, there's no such thing as time. You have forever. Yeah. You know, you have forever. It's so great and there's no hurry and perhaps I should have had a little bit more sense of being hurry. Um, I think about that now, but nowadays when I like every day is so precious and I'm like really a lot more, not careful, but I'm just deliberate with my time. Just knowing that 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 I don't have, I don't have forever. Yeah. That really resonates with me. Um, I'll be 38 in October and I just had a daughter six months ago and like it really did because like I was similarly, you know, about 100 shows a year mm. um, on the road all the time. Same thing, you know, load in after load in and, and weekend after weekend. And, and um, you know, at this point, uh, I'm in the middle of recording a, a new record and um, everyone's like, so, you know, are you going to tour it? What are you going to do? And I'm like, dude, I don't know. I don't really care. Like, I'm mm. totally fine with just doing weekend stuff. And, and you know, you start thinking about like, to me, it's more important to spend time with my daughter or to spend time on, uh, things in town or, you know, like I'm not as worried about like getting out there and staying out there as I was even like two years ago. Yeah. I don't know if that's something that changes the closer you get to 40 or, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, probably, I mean, definitely having a kid, no change. Having a kid. Yeah. Well, and also you realize somewhere along the way that 
there's nowhere to get in the, in the, in the way that you might've thought there was when you were younger, you know, like you're like, I gotta be on Saturday night live. Yeah. And maybe, I mean, that is somewhere to get, and that's absolutely something to aim for, but it's all, it's kind of variations on the same thing. You know, it's like the crowds get bigger or smaller. Um, but it's still, it's still driving to another city or flying to another city. It's still loading in. It's sound checking. It's still like that. So you played Saturday Night Live. Well, now it's the next day. You got to now, I mean, great. You know, you're not probably booking house concerts in Vermont, but you still have like, okay, well, what's next? How do we keep our career right. going? You like it, that, that thing is what never ends. And yeah. you know, it's like, I see, yeah, it's just, it's, I, it's wonderful. If I could have told myself when I was in my late twenties to just chill the fuck out and, and enjoy everything. Cause that's how I feel now. Like I, you know, I played a show at the basement, you know, last weekend band show and it was so fun. I was so grateful to everybody who was there. I was just playing music and I, you know, I have a couple of shows coming up in the next month and I'm looking forward to them. And it's not like, I'm not as worried about like my Instagram following or it, it's all just sh- necessary shit that you kind of have to play ball with and you want your career to grow. But at the end of the day, there's nowhere to go. And then like when you see people that are frustrated or that are um, unhappy with where they're at in their, their, their careers relative to other people, I just, I don't know. I don't say anything, but I want to say like, man, all of those people feel the same way too about their set of people that they're less than. And that never ends or it, or it ends the moment you decide to let it end. You know, like the second you stop comparing yourself to other people and just kind of enjoy where you're at and the opportunity to like play music. Isn't that what you got into it for? Um, the reward is like immediate, you know? Yeah, it's so. it's hard to let go for sure, and just be like, because well, COVID was kind of the you know great equalizer in in some sense because you know we were comparing like, oh my God, how did they get on that festival? How did they get that thing? Yeah, I should have been on that, and um, <laughs> now nobody has anything, you know, and, yeah. and it feels a lot less like you have to keep up with the Joneses. Yeah, no, for sure, and I'm I'm you know I say all of the thing I said, and I just I'm still guilty of it whatever i still am a person that has a yeah you know peer group <laughs> yeah i'm aware of what's going on so it's, be, it's being mindful of being in the moment that you have to like learn constantly yeah, yeah i think that's right it's a discipline like so many things in life it's a practice there's everything is basic like everything is a practice you know and it's just like there's things on guitar i can do and there's things i can't and what's interesting is that place that uh space between where you're pushing right up against it and that's where you're growing you know if you start sitting around and try to be Yngwie Malmsteen or something like I'm like that's never gonna happen and so I could spend <laughs> the rest of my life trying to do that and everyone would be unhappy <laughs> um so yeah everything is a practice that's, well I mean and yeah you, it's kind of hard to do on an acoustic guitar too <laughs> that's true yeah Pete could probably do it it'd be called something else do you do like uh, electric in your live shows or uh-uh. mostly just not really? Band? I used to, I had an electric guitar um, and I used to play, but then I, I made so much of my touring out of just me. Yeah. Um, and so that was kind of keeping the, you know, fewer things I had to take around, especially fly, fly out dates. Also I played 
other instruments. And so that was always kind of important to keeping the live show, uh, you know, a little bit more than one dimensional as like having a, a uke or a, and then I kind of have played banjo now. And I mean, when I try, when I drive to when I do drive dates, I'll bring five or four instruments and probably play them all in the set. Um, but fly dates, I'll just have a guitar and a band and maybe a uke. I don't know. Um, yeah. So that meant like bringing a, an electric guitar wasn't really possible or it didn't make as much sense. Yeah, yeah. Also, I'm just not. I don't know. I don't. I, not not. That's not my my thing. I used to I, have about ten electric guitars. I was playing a lot of like lead guitar and stuff like that. I have one now. No two. Yeah. I have a hollow body and I have a telly. Cool. That's, <laughs> I, I mean, like I would ten. love to have exactly that one yeah. of each of those things. It's just like another thing too. Whenever I got a little extra money, I would buy other things than, and then instruments. So I've always been like, I have one, one thing that's my thing that they're one tool that does that job. And then, you know, I got interested in video editing. So I bought a camera, a decent camera. And I used that for years. I filmed other people's videos. Like shit, I, this is weird to talk about now. Cause I never do that now, but you know, five, seven, seven years ago, I was doing a lot of it. Great. Now um, you're going to judge my video that I do later. <laughs> I won't get no, dude. It's that's, what's cool about, I mean, video has changed so much and yeah, you, I mean, obviously like my cinematographer friends would just not agree with this at all and they're right. Um, but the YouTube world has made it and this is, I mean, my opinion too, when I watch music, I don't really, if I'm going to watch a musician play, I don't really like it if it's super well lit and it's like edited you know, like professionally, it's just mm-hmm. like, cool. That's everything, you know, that's that it draws attention to the production. Yeah. Whereas if you, it's like an iPhone in a room and it's just somebody sitting on a couch playing guitar, you're like, Oh, that's them doing. That's what they do. You know, it's like the tiny desk appeal. Perfect. Like that's why yeah. they were so, that's yeah, my, why that my shows. setup's like a, a Sony a 6400 and an iPhone 12. So yeah, perfect. <laughs> Yeah, I've gone gone all over the place with all of that stuff, and now I'm back to just shooting with my iPhone, you know, ten or whatever. Well, it's and it's like, it's kind of similar to streaming with with video on YouTube and stuff like that, where it's like people don't really they're so used to the lower quality they don't even notice, mm-hmm. and even so, some of it's kind of like downgraded anyway. Yeah, I mean, you know, you can't I'm shooting past eight K. Yeah, it's ten. Yeah, eight K means nothing on YouTube. Yeah, right? like you can't stream past ten eighty, right? I don't think so. You can't, I don't yeah. think you can. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for stopping by. I really appreciate it. Um, new record is great. Uh, everyone make sure to check it out. Is it CorbyLinker.com? That's it. Yeah. And on all the socials and, uh, all the streaming, but go buy his record, please. And check out YouTube for this sweet video that I will edit. <laughs> All right, real quick, I'm just going to say, uh, please rate and review the podcast. And uh, here is the audio from uh, the video that will be coming up shortly. Thanks so much, Corby. You're not my keepsake. I'm not your property. So don't bother me. It's only love, it's just a foolish thing, and no, it's never really worth.
suffering Oh, don't you love me, baby If only you love me Now I'm giving myself paper cards Making wings to So